Good morning. The last couple weeks have uh, presented a lot of time to spend with God in my so-called garden on my knees in prayer, uh, figuring out what God has in store, building excitement for what God has in store, and seeking clarity for what God has in store. All things that, when you go through those exercises, they bring comfort, they bring care and security. They also um, lend at times to the excitement and anxiety that comes with different things. And one of the things I've noticed uh, in this period of time was um, finding a word from God to share has been a bit more difficult um, than in the past for whatever reason. So, you know, your prayer time becomes, God, give me a word to share in this coming week. And it, it got to be Tuesday of this week, and I really wasn't sure where the word was going to come from this week. And Brother Charlie Painter at our men's morning breakfast, he said, you know, I'd like to hear a, a sermon from Romans 1. And so, Charlie... I'm giving you what you wanted this morning, brother. If you don't like it, it's Charlie's fault. <laughs> You're dismissed, Charlie. Uh, but no, you know, here's the thing with Romans 1. Romans 1, in most cases, you're reluctant to preach Romans 1 because you really have to include Romans 2. And then if you include Romans 2, it kind of leads you down the road to Romans 3. And you guys don't want to be here that long. So, um, But Charlie, here's what God did through you as He also led me to some scripture that I needed to hear. So God used both of us just like He does. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're going to share verses 1 through 7 together. Romans 12, or Romans 1, sorry, 1 through, 12, 1 through 6, or 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son who was, who as, his, as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for His name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be His holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Why so powerful words at a moment like this is that when you are trying to look around and figure out what God's purpose for you is, the most important thing that we can realize as the foundation of who God created us to be is He created us to be those who take His gospel into the world. And today's lesson title is Today's Gospel. Because today's gospel is connected to this very thought. It's good news for today. 
good news is, is somewhat difficult to come by. Okay? Uh, we're coming up on a, on, a, on a really difficult time. Tuesday, all of us, uh, all of the ministers who have spoken in this place in the last month or so have tapped into that a little bit and talked about that a little bit. Hopefully, we have your mind set at ease that Wednesday morning, if God allows, we will all wake up and He will still be our God. And He will still have sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and the sins of all the world. Amen? So I didn't want to touch on that part of our upcoming life, but I am going to touch on something else. Turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Luke 2, 8 through 11. Your Bible reads this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. Now, yesterday we were heading to Springfield. Dalton was participating in a, in a choir activity. And we found a radio station. And I think we're still kind of laughing at each other. Because every Saturday from now through Christmas, they're spending the whole day playing Christmas carols and Christmas hymns. And so, and we both kind of looked at each other, and it's kind of weird. You have a teenager, and you have probably the hippest millennial or post-millennial you could ever have in the driver's seat, and no, neither of us wanted to turn off the Christmas carols. Okay? But I said to myself as I was studying this Scripture and thinking about this Scripture, what, what a way for God to speak to me, that, that this is what we're going to say. You know, in this Scripture, there's some things that... that, that that, that Jesus points out, that God points out, that what Jesus is not. Okay, these are some things that Jesus is not. The first thing that Jesus is not, church, is He's not a holiday. Jesus is not a holiday that our leaders in this country have decided, okay, everybody gets a day off, and so we're going we're gonna to make Jesus this holiday that we celebrate. That's not what Jesus is. Nowhere in the Scripture are we directed to the, the thought that Jesus is a holiday. Now, I'm not down on the holiday. I love Christmas. Don't take it that way. Hear me out. Number two, He's not a reason to get together and overeat. Jesus is not that reason. That's not what He is. That's not what the Scripture alludes to. The Scripture here doesn't say, well, Jesus is a great reason for you to get over and practice gluttony. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But that's not what the Scripture leads us to. Number three, He's not a reason to go swipe the card and put yourself into debt that you can't afford that will steal every ounce of your joy when the month of January hits. He's not that reason. That's part of what I'm preaching about today. He's not that. And yet that's the message that's getting taken out a lot of times this time of the year. Number four, he's not the reason to get family together and to gossip and to argue politics. I don't know about you, but I remember those family events where my dad and his brothers would sit in the living room and argue about politics. 
My grandmother never, I never heard my grandma say a curse word. She wouldn't even say, she would not say the word hell. She would spell it. H-E double hockey sticks, she would say. But I remember a day when my grandmother walked in the living room and threw a bucket of water on her sister because her sister disagreed with her on a, on a children rearing issue. And she told her to get the hell out of her house. I'll never forget that day. Never heard my grandmother say a curse word until that day. That was Thanksgiving, by the way. My grandmother's still alive, so she can't hear this sermon. She has no technology. And the final thing that Jesus is not, is He's not a reason for us to go out to formal dinners and parties and dress up in our best and drink too much and talk too much. Again, I have no reason to put down any of these things other than to say those are some of the things that we've tended to anchor this next month and a half to. But Jesus is not those things. Here's what Jesus is. From the Scripture that we read together, I think Jesus is the bringer of salvation. You want something to to celebrate, something to put in your gospel booklet that you can share this next month and a half. Please go out and share that Jesus is the bringer of salvation. Number two, Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. We we talked about it uh, today in communion. Jeff alluded to it this morning in in the first uh, worship service. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for the sin that we cannot avoid or that we choose not to avoid. He is your perfect sacrifice. That's what He is. If you do anything in the next month and a half of, of your life, make sure the world knows that. Number three... He is a Redeemer. You want to know how to get past these challenging times? You want to know how we get past these challenging and difficult choices, especially when we make the wrong ones? You can be redeemed through Jesus. Your redemption is in your grasp if you reach out and believe. When Jesus was born onto this earth, came perfect A perfect Redeemer. And finally, Jesus is someone to be worshipped all the time. Not just on a day. Not just on a day the world decides it's appropriate. You know, we honestly, the truth is, so many of the Christmas hymns and the things we sing, those those should be, could be sung every day of the year. Christmas in July, it's not just a sales pitch, it's a reality. Jesus was born for our redemption, for our salvation. Today's Gospel celebrates the birth of our redeeming Savior and Messiah every day. Every day. That's today's Gospel. Look, if you would, at Acts 5 and verse 42. Let's read this together. Listen to where we can find some good news. Where we can spread some good news. This is a way in Acts that the church did it. Day after day in the temple courts. And from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Today's Gospel is meant to be shared. 
And we see this example in the book of Acts by the early church in three different ways. The first way we see from this scripture is they shared it in the temple courts. Church, that's what we're doing together now. We've gathered in this place. We've gathered in this place where God's word, His truth can be shared, can be enjoyed, can be information, can be gathered that we can take out and share to others. The second way the early church did it is they went house to house. So they had house churches. It wasn't just this temple experience, but then day after day after that temple experience, they went from home to home. And what did they share? They shared the good news. They shared the good news. They shared the gospel. That Jesus was born and that He lived and that He died for their sins. And they could be redeemed from the sinful desires that they had lived out. And it was a beautiful message. And then they went from house to house to person to person. It wasn't just stopping by a house, but it was reaching out to every person that needed to hear the gospel. Church, what could we learn from this if each one of us truly believed that it was our calling to live this way? Look at Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. You know, Philip's proclaiming the good news and says, but when they believed Philip, as he claimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. See, when, when God's people go out and they truly do God's thing, God's stuff happens. You follow me? When we truly go out and do God's thing, we spread His gospel, we share His message, we share His love. What happens is then God's stuff, the stuff God wants done, begins to happen. And it creates good news. You know, I was arguing with someone, I say arguing, it was an argument, on the, on the Facebook thing about, about health care in the country. And all I said, and this was my point was, and, and this, this, this continues to be my point, I think love and understanding and servanthood can be disseminated through the church much more effectively than it can the bureaucracy of government. Amen? The first social services that this earth knew were from a man named Jesus of Nazareth. He can do it perfect. Every other way will be flawed. Because there is no other perfection than Jesus. Today's gospel is meant to be disseminated into families and individuals. And it's supposed to make a difference in the whole family system. That's our job. It's our task. It's our calling. Look at Acts chapter 17. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. The teacher in this case. And some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Here's something else about today's gospel church. It is meant to confront modern ideologies and modern theologies of today that are contrary to God's Word and God's truth. There is a lot of ideology and even a lot of theology, people's theory about religion, 
that's wrapped up in a real pretty bow and made to look really, really godly. And the gospel, the gospel is designed to refute that because if it's not of Jesus, if it's not of God, then it's not the truth. And the gospel is the foundation from which we can have those discussions and come out with a godly solution. The solution that God wants us to have. Romans 6.23 reminds us what the gospel is really all about. It's to battle and wage this war. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The key message that this gospel has is it's to acknowledge that all of us in this world live in a fallen world. We live with the desire to sin. And we fall to that desire over and over. And Jesus, the gospel reminds us that Jesus redeems us from that sin. Jesus is our way out. True belief in Jesus frees us from the imprisonment that that sin brings to our life. It's today's gospel. It was, it was yesterday's gospel. And you know what? God willing, it'll be tomorrow's gospel. Now, why do I preach this today? Well, I'm going to give you three reasons why. We made it through the intro. One person caught that. Today's gospel was and is the gospel of the apostles. The word apostle means one set apart. In the strictest sense in the Bible, we see these twelve apostles, these twelve direct followers of Jesus. But in a wider, broader sense, we have a room full of apostles. If you are baptized and you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, then you're an apostle of Jesus Christ. The foundations that we just spoke of leading it up to this point in the sermon are your responsibilities. They're my responsibilities. They're all of our responsibilities. As apostles, we are one set apart to deliver that message to the world. And we can't be a people that sit on our hands and don't accept that responsibility. We too are apostles. And, and this gospel was the gospel of our predecessors, but it's also the gospel of ours today. To spiritually go out and spread the good news. Look at Matthew 10. Verses 1 through 10. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. The names of the twelve apostles first, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out our demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you. 
uh, in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. This, uh, this scripture has convicted me a great deal. You know, today's gospel is a calling. I've spent some time kind of going back in my mind as a minister what I was called to. The, the, the message that I was given and the calling that I received from God to take that message out and take it forth. Sometimes in the midst of that, you lose its purity. You lose your drive to do that with conviction and with passion. And you know, the, at the very end, uh, there in verse 8, it says, you know, freely you have received, freely you give. I want us to continue to be a church. I want Heartland to continue to be a place that love, that we are so freely given, is freely given to others. I want that to be our conviction, our passion, and our mission. I don't want to lose track of that as an individual ever again, and I pray the church won't either. Our primary message and purpose is found in this Scripture when it says the kingdom of God is near. You know, the gospel of today is the gospel of the prophets. The prophets of yesterday were considered foretellers. That's the definition. Prognosticators of future events. They were given visions and given words from God to go out and tell the world what was going to happen. Now, by no means am I saying in the strictest sense that we are prophets today, but we are, in fact, prophets. We have been given a word. What's that word? The kingdom of God is near. It's our job to go out and spread that message. It's time for us to, to quit acting like all behavior is okay when it's not. If behavior endangers us from being able to enjoy salvation that comes through Jesus, then we better share that message. We better have a conviction to share that word. Because not all behavior is okay. And the time is near. Jesus could come back this afternoon. He could come back tonight. He could come back tomorrow. Are we spreading His gospel with that kind of urgency? Prophets did. With such urgency at times that they got so far under people's skins that they were put to death for it. We're prophets in this world and in this time to deliver the message that the kingdom of God is near. Look at Deuteronomy 18, 21 and 22. It says, You may say to yourselves, How can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? What if a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord? What if what the prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true? This is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be alarmed, the Scripture says. You know, how is it that you take a message where you say the kingdom of God is near, and yet the story of the redeeming Savior is 2,000 plus years old? Do you think that 
kind of a, an attitude of, of being lethargic doesn't set in amongst some people who hear that message. I want to ask you today, though, do you believe that the kingdom of God is near? Do you believe that Jesus has promised that He will come back and He's not given you a date or a time? You know, that's kind of an important thought. There was a, a preacher here that I wanted to uh, share with you. He's kind of like a 90-year-old preacher prophet from San Francisco, California. His name was Harold Camping. Harold said that Jesus was going to come back May 21st of 2011. That was, his, that was his prophecy. Well, he's quoted on March 8th of 2012 saying, We realize that many people uh, were hoping that they would know the date of Christ's return. We humbly acknowledge that we were wrong in our timing. But that wasn't the first time that he had made that prophecy. He, he suggested that Jesus might come back May 21st of 1988. And he also suggested that Jesus may come back on... Um, Let's see, what was it? September 6th of 1994. Church, I'm not a prophet that's telling you it's today, tomorrow, or the next day. I'm just telling you Jesus said it was soon. <laughs> Live accordingly. Live accordingly. That's the important part of the message, isn't it? Is live accordingly. 2 Timothy 4, 1-5 in the presence of God in Christ, who will judge the living and the dead? And in the view of His appearing in His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears that way from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. 2 Timothy 4. One through five. You know, we're salespeople. We sell a product as a, the product of salvation. But what we aren't is we aren't management. We aren't those architects of a super church. God has done all of that. We are salespeople and we are workers. And we work until the job's done. We have a wonderful CEO. His name is Jesus. We need to know Him. We need to believe in Him. We need to follow Him. God is management. He is our leader. He has been since creation. And He will be until the end of time. I want to end with this. Today's Gospel is the Gospel of the Son. I, Jesus is no rookie. And I have a, a little illustration of a young rookie police officer is riding with a, with a seasoned veteran of the, of the law enforcement. And they get in their car the first day and they're going out on the street. And they pull up upon this group of people who are loitering on the sidewalk. And it's a large group of people. And, and the rookie officer says, you know, Sarge, I'll, I'll handle this. I'll handle this. So he rolls his window down and he says, hey, hey, all you people, scat, clear out of here. Go! 
And they all kind of look at him, you know, and nobody really jumps to it. And so he rolls his window down the rest of the way and kind of smacks the side of the car. And he says, hey, I told you guys, get out of here. Go on. You don't need to be standing here. So they all just kind of reluctantly, they, they turn and walk away. They're kind of looking at each other and thinking, wow, you know. So they, 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 everybody gets away. He rolls the window up. He looks at his, his, uh, the seasoned veteran officer. He says, how did I do? That was my first kind of swing at that. And the guy goes, great. I've never seen anybody clear the bus stop like that. Jesus is not a rookie. Jesus is not a rookie. And the spirit you have dwelling inside you is not that of a rookie. It's not a spirit that you second guess. It's not a, it's not a conviction that you step back from and wonder about. Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, is the Holy Spirit that dwells inside you and gives you the direction with which to go. Please, church, understand that our gospel is a gospel of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In Acts 10 and 38, Peter's discussing some things and it says, this is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how He went around doing good and healing all were under the power of the devil, all who were under the power of the devil because God, that Spirit, was with Him. You're apostles. I'm apostles. We have the prophecy that the kingdom of God is near. How will we get it done? Through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside each one of us. All those who believe and are baptized. All those. You want to end with this story. Um, One day, I had to take, um, and I shared it this morning, but I, I had to take Norman home after church. And you know, Norman, he's talked to me quite often about some of the struggles that he has, some of the challenges he has, physical challenges. And on this day, I had had a really bad day, and Norman could tell, because um, he could just tell. He's got a spirit that is open to understanding how other people feel. And so, we were talking, and I said, yeah, you know, it's just a bad day, and this and that and the other, and we usually stop and get a sandwich for lunch or something. And as he was getting out of my truck, he just reached over, Real hard. Kind of scared me a little bit. Grabbed my hand and just started praying. Just started praying for me. Just started praying out loud, praying for me. And left me with a word from God. And you know, almost all the way home, I wept about that day because he cared enough to see that I was... I mean, that was my job. But the Holy Spirit took over in him then. And it can take over in you the same way. And in me the same way. That's, that's today's gospel. If you have an answer to this sermon, if you have needs in your life that, that you feel like the church can help with, we stand and sing this song for that reason. Please don't let that need go un, unmet. Please, let's stand and sing together.